it's another terrific Friday and you're spending it watching Getting Real Estate in Vegas on the Vegas Video Network. I am your host, Bridget Magnus, and I would like to thank those of you who are watching the Vegas Video Network, those of you who have subscribed through iTunes, those of you who found me on YouTube, and of course our special listeners on KSHP AM 1400, listening on Friday evenings between 6 and 10 p.m. Now, if you have a question, problem, or a suggestion, go ahead and email that in to gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com. Or if you prefer to use the old telephone, go ahead and call our new toll-free listener hotline at 866-966-4599. We do have a terrific show for you today, and we are going to start things off with the Friday figures. All right, it's the first of the month, well, the first Friday of the month, and so we're going to be doing the month-over-month -month numbers at the same time. Right now, we do have 14,202 available units. That is pretty much unchanged from last month, only a change of a couple hundred units, not worth talking about. Um, median price on houses was 135000 Median price on condos and townhomes was 61000 Those are both price unchanged month-over-month. Of the total, we do have 3,324 foreclosures available, median price 101. The number of foreclosures is up about 20% month over month, and this is the third straight month of substantial increases. So clearly we are catching up from the moratorium back at the end of last year. We do also have 6,232 short sales available, which is pretty much unchanged from last month. Median price on those, 110,000, and 4,544 non-distressed properties available, down 5% from last month. Median price on those, a nice robust 180,000. Now, in the last 30 days, we have closed 4,029 properties. That includes over 1,000 in the last week, getting in towards the you know last of the month, first of the month, when most people really want to get their closings done. That is up 6% month over month. Median sales price was 107,000, which unfortunately is down 3% from last month. Median list price was 109, and that is also down from last month. 13,490 homes under contract to be purchased. That's a change of less than 1%. Um, one good news, news I would like to share with you is that we've had a rise in the number of rentals. It's up to 4,433. Uh, median rent is 1,100. 2,468 new leases. Median rent of 1,150. All of these things taken together suggest that first off, we've got lots of purchase offers being written. And second, we do have lots of investor activity. So the smart money is buying now. So let's get on with the news, shall we? Foreclosure activity in the first half of the year was down, but we did have a rise in the number of foreclosure starts in June. We will know more about July's numbers, unfortunately, at the beginning of September. Homeownership is at its lowest level since 1965, and the thing that I find interesting about that is that 65, the first wave of baby boomers were a bunch of new high school graduates. That is how few people are owning homes, is it's as if the entire baby boom were still staying at home or living in the college dorms. Um, also, mortgage rates are at a multi-decade low, but the experts do not expect that to spur buying because of, guess what, the unemployment rate. So today, we are going to talk about open houses. 
and I like to call this the truth about open houses. You know me, I don't lie about stuff like this. So let's talk about the advantages of open houses real quick. Um, first, let's talk about the advantages to the seller. Now, it is possible that you could get a purchase offer as a result of an open house. This is possible. That's an advantage. Um, the thing I like best about open houses from the seller's point of view is that it takes care of all your nosy neighbors at one time. They all come through, they all find out what you've got, they all find out how much the place is, and you're done with them. They're not knocking at your door trying to find out what's going on because they already know. Um, also, if the, well, the market, excuse me, if the open house is well marketed, you should expect to have dozens of potential buyers through that house all in the course of one afternoon. Hey, Bridget. Yes, sir. When you say well marketed, what do you mean by that? Well, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. Um, the first thing is, obviously, you want to make sure that you've got good signage letting people know where it is. You want to make sure that you've put ads in obvious places, such as um, the newspaper and your local MLS system. But also, you really want that agent to have been working for a couple weeks beforehand, either sending postcards or knocking on your neighbor's doors to let them know that there's going to be an open house. And by the way, are you planning on coming in? By the way, uh, do you know someone who might be interested in buying it? Um, that's the sort of thing that's really going to go ahead and generate interest in the open house. And it, it is an important thing that you can't skip if you want it to go right. What's your opinion of Craigslist? Uh, <laughs> You really want me to say that on the air? I mean, there might be kids listening. I do. Um, I am not a big fan of Craigslist. The problem with Craigslist is that because it is free, everybody wants to, to go ahead and take advantage of the free advertising. And at least when it comes to the houses for sale section, you find a lot of people who are just trying to get your information so that they can call you and say, well, you know, that house maybe isn't right for you, but can I do a custom search for you? So it's possible where a realtor could put a, ho a house up on Craigslist that they're actually not representing themselves. Yes, sir. That is entirely right. Um, there are two legal ways to do it. The first is to be advertising a home that is owned by the Department of Housing and Urban Development. The second way is to get permission from the listing agent. For example, uh, um, Joe agent doesn't have any listings, so he goes to Jane agent who has 40 listings and says, Jane, would you mind if I advertise your listings for you? And Jane's going to say, what, you, you want to advertise them and it doesn't cost me any money and I might actually get this thing sold in a hurry? You go and do that, Joe, hurry. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's not uncommon, it really isn't. So um, there are also advantages to the listing agent to doing open houses. Um, first is obviously that you are going to meet a lot of potential buyers who might not have a realtor. They need representation whether they're buying the house you're sitting open house on or a different house. Um, also, you're going to meet neighbors who might be planning to sell, might be planning to buy a vacation property or, or, or an investment property, or might just know people who are interested in buying or selling. So it is worth your time if you're willing to get up off your butt, do that marketing, and actually engage everybody that comes through the door and find out what you can do to help them. I have another question. Yeah, do sure. A, do you have a sense at what percentage of homes that are sold are sold as a result of an open house? Well, you know, you, you just uh, actually took one of my later points. It's about 1%. Yeah. It is a very low number. 
I was going to get to disadvantages in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> so, but in the meantime, there are some advantages to the buyer to going to open houses. First off, it is a low pressure opportunity to go ahead and tour a bunch of homes. You can potentially visit a bunch of them in one neighborhood at one time and get a feel for what's going on there. You can get a great idea about what's available and how much it's going to cost before you talk to a realtor or a mortgage person. So it's kind of valuable as a first step, you know, as the, the can I afford to buy a house, do I want to buy a house, let's go ahead and tour a few open houses and see what the lay of the land is. It is also, unfortunately, a cheap, fun way to spend time. And my favorite advantage for the buyer is that you might just get some good ideas about interior decorating. Maybe you'll discover that, uh, oh, accent wall, that's a nice idea. Oh, I never thought of that color. Oh, I never thought about uh, putting something like that on a coffee table. Whatever that is, I can't think of what it might be. But you, you get the picture. So there are unfortunately also disadvantages to open houses, and as Scott had forced me to point out, one of the biggest one is that there is only a 1% chance of the right buyer seeing your home for the first time through an open house. Another disadvantage for the seller is that you do have to get lost all afternoon. Now it's only fair to point out that there are disadvantages for the leasing listing agent as well. Um, the first is that if you have not done your job beforehand and have not done the right marketing, you're going to have a mighty boring afternoon. Um, also, I'd like to point out that you will be meeting strangers all afternoon in a relatively strange locale. It is not your office. Um, there is a potential security risk, and I strongly, emphatically recommend that you bring a partner with you, whether that is another agent, whether that is an escrow person, whether that is a mortgage person, whether that is your, your, uh, your karate instructor, whoever, I recommend that you have someone with you. Now, if you do meet someone who loves that listing and wants to buy it, and it's your listing, that is, of course, a potential conflict of interest, which is another great reason to have a realtor as your partner, because you can say, you know, this is my listing. Mary, would you mind writing up the purchase agreement? Because that way, you know, they have somebody else who's handling it. Um, what I personally like to do is, you know, if is um, let a junior agent do it, someone who doesn't have a big pipeline. They're, they're hungry for the business, and you know if they go ahead and get a purchase offer on my listing, I'm going to get my cut of the pie anyway, so let's spread the love. There's plenty of money for everybody at the end of the day. Uh, there is, of course, also a disadvantage for the buyer. The odds are really low of seeing the right house. So that does kind of end what I wanted to say about open houses. Can I ask one more question? One more question, of course. Do you recommend open houses to your clients? Uh, in certain circumstances, they are not right for everyone. Uh, I had a recent listing, gorgeous place. I really thought about, you know, this, this would show well as an open house. But unfortunately, it was in a gated community, and I could not think of a way to get prospective clients back to that house through the gate without making all the neighbors mad. And so I decided against. It, is, it does have to be done on a house-by-house -house basis to decide whether it is worth doing. All right, so we are going to take a break for a minute for station identification, and we will be right back with real advice. This is David Ivey for Pub Crawl. It's funny because is David from 
You should, you should, no, you should just leave it on. Hi, I'm David Ivey from Pub Crawl, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network. And scene. Well, that is another great show that you should be watching. But meanwhile, let's go ahead and talk about real advice. Today, I would like to talk about the idea of a buyer's market, and are we in one? Well, first off, what on earth do I mean when I say a buyer's market? Generally speaking, a seller's market is when there's about one to four months worth of supply. A neutral market is when there's about five to six months of supply. And a buyer's market usually means there's over six months supply. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when they start talking about a buyer's market, in this case, are talking about the fact that prices have dropped so much that the buyer can get a good bargain. That is not the definition that I want my viewers to be using. So let's talk about this idea as it relates to the, the world around us here. Um, I happened to come across a post um, earlier this week about metropolitan areas with um, newer inventory. And Denver tops the list. They've got the, the median age of their available inventory is 30 days. Detroit, as bad as they have their real estate market, believe me, it is cratered up there. You can buy a house for less than you can buy a, a nice sedan. Um, the median age of inventory is 63 days. Okay, well, the median available inventory here in Las Vegas as of this morning was 72 days. And when it comes to the stuff that just sold, the median time on market for that stuff was only 38 days. Think about that. That is less than six weeks from listed to got an accepted offer. This is remarkable. Another statistic that I'm going to share with you, I'm just going to do some math with some figures you saw earlier. If we have 14,202 available units and sold 4,029 in the last 30 days, that means that we only have three and a half months supply. Where does that put us? Well, it puts us in not a buyer's market. That's what. I am seeing lots of instances of multiple offers on anything that is remotely desirable. I am even seeing multiple offers on little $50,000 cash-only houses. It is remarkable. This is not a time for thinking that you're going to get a great bargain. The prices are here because that is where the market is. It is not. You can't just walk in and think it's sale day at Macy's and you can offer incredible discounts because that's just not the way things work. If anything, I consider what we have right now to be a banker's market. Why do I say that? Because for 3,000 available units, you actually have to get the bank to sign off on selling you the house. And for an additional 6,000 properties, you've got to get the bank to sign off on the idea that it's okay to sell that short sale. So of our 14,000 units, over 9,000, you have to get a banker's signature somewhere. That is why I am considering this not a buyer's market, not even a seller's market, so much as a banker's market. Do you think that, um, or do you have a prediction of how much or how many more foreclosures there'll be here in Las Vegas? What was the number again? Could you bring that up real fast? 
Let's see, I'll just look at the number. The number of foreclosures right now is 3,324. Right. That was up 20% from last month. Last month it was up something like 18%. Month before that it was up something like 15 to 20%. So, so where do you had, see that number going in the next year? You know, I do think that it will slowly rise. I think the banks are trying to manage the trickling of inventory into the system. There is certainly some evidence that they are trying to manage the foreclosure pipeline from the other direction and being a little bit slow to present notices of default. For example, if the property is lived in by the, an owner occupant, they're not quite so forgiving if the property is vacant and they're not quite as forgiving if it is an investor owned property. Um, never mind the fact that, well, let's just face it, everybody has to have some place to live. We need investors to have a healthy system. And I realize that that makes me unusual as far as real estate experts because we've heard so long that everybody ought to own a house and it's a great time to buy a house. And I don't subscribe to either of those ideas. Do you, so do you think the number will get up to, say, 4,000 or 5,000 over the course Oh, of I think 4,000 is almost inevitable. I don't know that it will get to 5,000. I think that as much buyer interest as we are seeing, things will, will continue to be absorbed pretty quickly for a while. I don't know if you've noticed that you know, for the last several months, not only has the number of available units stayed pretty steady, the number of contingent and pending units has stayed steady, but the number of sold properties has been really historically pretty big. Um, like I said, in the last uh, um, week, we've had a thousand closings. Well, you know what? The number of contingents didn't go down a thousand, and the number of availables didn't go down a thousand. So, so we've got enough buyers to absorb what's going on. So, even though yes, of course, I expect the number of foreclosures to hit four thousand available, I think that um, th there will still be people who are interested in buying them. Thank you. All right. So then, I just wanted to say that I've had a great time doing the show today. Go ahead and join us next week when we're going to talk about something else interesting. I'm sure it'll be timely and exciting. <laughs> now, I haven't picked a title for next week, so you're just going to have to bear with me here. Um, in the next few weeks, I'm very excited that we will, I promise, have a person who is an expert in the escrow system. So we will find out what the heck is in the black box at the title and escrow office. In the meantime, if you've got questions, problems, and suggestions, I want you to be sure to send those in to gettingreal at vegasvideonetwork.com or go ahead and call the toll-free listener hotline at 866-966-4599. Thanks to all of you who are watching and listening. Have a terrific and safe weekend, and we will see you next time.